Hello, and a warm welcome to this week's edition of the Africa Legal Podcast. This week, I'm very pleased to be joined by Nicolene Schumann Lowe. Nicolene founded Schumann Law in 2007, aged just 24, and is now the managing director of the firm. She is an admitted attorney of the High Court of South Africa, conveyancer, notary public, and mediator, with a passion for entrepreneurs and helping them reach their ambitious goals. She regularly contributes to various online publications, such as Spice for Life, and other mainstream publications, such as The Entrepreneur Magazine, Business Briefs, and Personal Finance Magazine, to name a few. Nicoline guest lectures at Stellenbosch University, business school and currently presents seminars and workshops on a wide range of legal topics for various organizations such as Bandwidth Barn, United Success, Cape Chamber of Commerce and Industrial and Business Retail Marketing in Darbers. So Nicolene, a very warm welcome to this edition of the Africa Legal Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. Nicolene, let's let's dive right in. So Schumann Law looks to have moved relatively rapidly from a traditional law firm to one really pushing the boundaries of what delivery of modern legal services can look like. I'm interested, has has this passion for change always been with you? And what has the journey towards pushing these legal boundaries been like? Well, I I personally think that the movement from a traditional to a modern or the law firm of the future has really been in the fiber of the firm since, since its inception. We I started the firm when I was 24. I wanted lots of flexibility. So I embraced technology for my own purposes, for my own um my own motives if uh, if that's where it started and it gradually grew into becoming more efficient for the clients and really became part of our fiber in that way so for for me to say that there was a definitive moment in which we decided to change direction would simply be incorrect uh, it's always been a, a passion for us to look at better and and more efficient ways of doing things so it's really been a journey for us from the outset. In addition to that, it's it's really um, boundaries being pushed, I think, again, also in our fiber. Well, because it's, it's very unusual for a law firm to be female founded in South Africa. I, it pains me to say that, especially as we are um, speaking in Women's Month in South Africa. It, it pains me to say that, but we are very much still a minority in the profession. So it's, I think, from the outset, the way in which we started and um, some of the inherent things about us in our identity as a firm have really led us to push boundaries and to leverage technology in the beginning for our own purposes, for our own flexibility and balance in life. But it's definitely evolved into something much bigger than that. And I'm very proud of that because I believe that it can really make a positive impact on the clients we serve. Now, that does really resonate, Nickling. I, I think so many law firms forget that to find and derive benefit from technology personally is a, a really vital first step in actually understanding how it can permeate 
all aspects of, of legal services, you know, to actually enjoy something intuitively yourself. You know, I call it the, the Facebook syndrome. You know, you see it, you know how to operate it. It just feels right and it delivers value. That's a, that's a step you don't want to skip. Um, you yes. know, you'll become lost very quickly if you suddenly <laughs> decide, I am now going to use technology to revolutionize law. You know, it just doesn't work like that. So it's Absolutely. great to have your personal story there. And look, I mean, look, we've just touched upon technology here. And, and, and that use of technology is especially pertinent for products um, that Schumann Law has, has specifically designed, such as Contract for Biz and Contract for Me, which are the firm's self-service document generation platforms. Uh, so is awareness and integration of technology in the delivery of legal services in Africa uh, advancing at the right speed? And are we due a real law tech revolution on the continent? Or on the flip side, is that going to take just a bit more time? Well. I think if you ask any anyone on the continent, we'll say that there's definitely a movement. We are not as close as other jurisdictions. I, I think let's be honest about that. We have a long way to go. Lots of other and unique challenges to our continent. For example, connectivity is an issue for us, not, not only from a technical perspective, but also from an access perspective. Many of um, our communities, large portions of our communities simply do not have financial access to buy data. And if they can't buy data, we, we cannot use technology as a platform to bridge the access to justice divide. So many of us will tell you we've made lots of progress, especially now with COVID-19, with a lockdown happening in our country, on our continent in various forms. It's definitely started to accelerate because of necessity, but it's still a long way off. I, for one, would, would love to see a, a more a, a fast-tracked adoption of technology. Why? Because a lot of what we do as lawyers can be automated. We can rely on technology without losing the human component, without using what we what we really add as a value component. In fact, I believe we can enhance our value addition if we leverage technology. Why? Because we can spend valuable energy and creativity. We have time and flexibility to be the creative beings that we are intended to be as lawyers if we have more time, if we have more physical, mental energy. And over and above that, it allows some of these services, which are currently quite costly, to be accessible more widely and at a better rate. So overall, I think there's a long way to go. We've made some good, um, we've made some good progress, but I do not think that it's quite at the rate that it should be. There's a lot of work to be done, especially on our continent. And all we can do as role players in the ecosystem is to try and drive it from, from all directions and not just to rely on governments or uh, big corporates and so on to facilitate the change. It's definitely a community-oriented approach that needs to be taken. Nicolene, you've you've put a big smile on my face. You're you're really talking my language there on on technology enhancing our offering as lawyers rather than replacing it. And there's a there's an adage that I 
I find myself often repeating, which is if, if, if lawyers don't want robots to take their jobs, then just stop acting like a robot <laughs> and you'll be fine. Mm. So it's good to hear that you're, <laughs> you're on the same, same page as that. So look, look, we're talking about changes and let, let's look at the bottlenecks here. You've mentioned one of them, which is that end user access, the, the, the prohibitive cost of, of data. And that is something that needs to be fundamentally addressed and you know i don't have the solutions here but you know i i I, i'm sure there's a a very robust movement towards towards solving that but what what do you see as the tightest innovation bottlenecks in legal services more widely is it pricing you know flexibility of such is it the way that we deliver legal services or is it you know something entirely different and what needs to happen to address these kinds of bottlenecks of innovation? Well, I think the you we've mentioned a few of them, the pricing, the connectivity. We've mentioned a, a couple of practical obstacles to innovation, to adoption, and all of that. But in addition to that, I think what I've learned in my own journey through developing these products and through speaking to people and interacting on this level is that it is definitely a massive issue that people are maybe not quite ready to transition into a tech-based environment when it comes to the end user. So we have a lot of end users in our country that are often very um very concerned about the fact that, can I really trust this? Is it credible? Am I not going to miss something? Because legal services has been this mystery for such a long time that people either completely shut down emotionally when you are having these conversations and that becomes obstructive because um, there's no way to really bridge this knowledge gap. Or you have a a case maybe synonymous to the adoption of internet banking where people think, can I really trust this online mechanism or this tech tool to fulfill a job which I've traditionally associated with a, a a person that has a very specific look about them? So I think there are many obvious challenges that we need to bridge, but there's also an awareness and a transition perhaps in the same way as we saw our transition into internet banking. Today, it's it's a no-brainer. Why would you want to go into the inside of a bank? Why not do it online? But there was a time where that was not the way we were thinking about that segment and that service. These days, in fact, we are banking with our mobile phones, uh, again, which was something that people inherently distrusted just a couple of years ago. So I think... There's, there's a lot of practical obstacles, but also the, the invisible one that we need to understand. And we need to understand that we have users or clients that would want a different experience. So in our own journey, we recognize that we have a client that doesn't want to have interaction. They want to go online when it suits them, on the comfort of their couch or wherever, And they want to generate a document that they can use and send it off for signature. Then we have a client who wants to speak to a human or perhaps interact with a chatbot. But they want a form of interaction to happen before they sign on the dot 
dotted line. And then you have the person who wants to understand why they are doing this. And that's why we've developed a new product now, which we recently launched called Pocket Advisor, which really marries the learning and the documentation or the implementation of, of the experience. So I think we would need to really be human and really understand what people need and how they think about these things if we are wanting to bridge these gaps. It's fantastic to hear. I think that trust point cannot be you know, made strongly enough. And it's great to see that there's innovations happening from, you know, a a young female-led law firm such as yourself that that allow that, you know, the three tiers of clients, the the all tech, the some tech, and the why. Uh, So I look forward to learning more about Pocket Advisor as well. I think I'll have to have a little search on your website later today. And I I encourage our listeners to do just that as well. Nicolene, you touched upon this earlier, but as a female leader in the industry, have you and do you continue to face any gender-based prejudices or, or hurdles? Well, I think I think this the we, we would be naive if we said that there wasn't um parities that need to needed to be addressed. Um there are still glaring gaps in regards to um ownership in law firms that we predominantly have um, male ownership of of law firms in South Africa. We don't see many females, uh, lawyers held managerial posts. And and that's something that isn't confined to the legal profession. And that'll take a long time to address. And of course, there are reasons for it. Some of the reasons may be um, based in bias. Some of it may be based on um, a historic bias that still has ramifications that we are dealing with. And those are things that all we all we can do about these things is to try and live a changed environment. So at Skuman Law, we are very passionate about gender equality diverse working environments, and we've actually won a number of awards for our efforts in creating a welcoming environment for our staff, an environment where staff, regardless of background, race, color, creed, gender, where they can advance themselves and become the best versions of themselves professionally. And we have a number of programs that support this. So I'm very passionate about creating an environment where any inequalities um, doesn't exist when we're in that environment and to create a positive um, experience around it. Unfortunately, what happens outside of our office, we have little control over. All we can do is live the example we would want to see. We've all suffered prejudices in some way or form as human beings. Um, I, I always say it, it's just a different package that it is wrapped up in, but it's the same inherent problem regardless. So in that sense, I think we can either sit and we can mope and we can feel victimized by the situation or we can do something about it. And I've chosen, um, I've probably experienced a, a lot more bias in my life that I've just chosen not to not to wear. I've chosen not to put the shoe on um, and I've chosen to live my life and to be judged by the things I can change about myself as opposed to the things I can't and to live a, a life of um, and, in, and creating an environment 
where we try to address some of these things, even if it's only a small impact that we make. So it's difficult, but I think it's all about what you what you do about it. Well, Nicolene, I'd say you certainly have chosen not to wear the shoes of the prejudice that might have been directed at you, but you may well have worn the climbing shoes that have allowed you to, to very much leap over them and, uh, and continue on your way. So fantastic to hear. So a, a little short, short and snappy one here. If you weren't a lawyer, what would you be and why? Well, I think if my father listens to to this podcast, he, he will absolutely <laughs> it will ring true to a, a, a discussion we had many years ago when I had to decide on my career prospects, and I was very proud to announce to him that I wanted to become a jazz pianist, and he was absolutely horrified at the thought of it. Um, and and I must say, in hindsight, um, jokes aside, um, I don't think I'll ever want to make money from doing that, but it is most certainly a, a, a lovely hobby that I still have, and I would definitely uh, not want to get paid for it in money. I think it would definitely kill some of the passion. So I um, I would definitely pursue um, a, a life of, of giving joy through music and not being paid to do it, <laughs> just for the joy I- of it. I couldn't ask for a better answer. I did. I did not foresee jazz pianist being being mentioned in today's podcast. So thanks for the curveball. And and look, I'd say, look, you're just you're just riffing in a different way now. You know, you're just riffing the world of of, of legal services. You know, take that jazz passion and keep everyone guessing just like a good jazz baseline can. <laughs> Very good to hear. So, Nicolene, what's next for Schumann Law? Is South Africa going to continue to be the jurisdictional focus and the priority for now? Or does the wider continent also beckon? Well, for, for us, I think it would we, we are patriots at heart. We love this country. Uh, and with all the pros and cons and, and things that are sometimes very challenging for us to deal with and in the legal profession, we see a lot of it on on a daily basis, I, I dare to say. Um, so yes, for, for the foreseeable future, our focus is on South Africa um, and of course on a national basis. With But with that being said, we believe that the product line we've created specifically with contracts for biz, contracts for me, as well as Pocket Advisor, lends itself to adapting to different jurisdictions. It's all a question of adapting the content, which there's no shortage of. So we are actually quite excited in our um, our long-term strategy to, to spread our wings. Um, we may not be able to uh, travel as much as we used to pre COVID, but we are definitely uh, looking at expanding through other other ways, including, of course, the the route of technology. Well, Nicolene, you you may not be able to travel physically to all those interested parties across the continent, but I'm very glad to say that Africa Legal uh, will be taking the message of Schumann Law and in particular Contract for Biz to our markets digitally. So watch this space and in September 
we're going to be bringing some nice fresh content onto the platform in partnership with Nicolene and Contract for Biz. So, so watch this space. So there is nothing else for me to do except to say a very big thank you to Nicolene for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. An absolute pleasure and a very big thank you as always to our listeners. Now be sure to subscribe to the Africa Legal Podcast via any one of our platforms. So that's uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and for all the news, views, and insights that improve your life as an African legal professional, don't forget to visit us at africalegal.com. So without further ado, I've been Tom Pearson, and this has been the Africa Legal Podcast.